Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. All right, so we are super excited. We have two guests today. We have Cami Walters with us and Kate Lamoureux. And we are super excited to have them. Both of them are dear writing friends of mine. And um, Kate is part of my critique group. And Cami and I have been exchanging work a lot lately and early readers for each other. Um, and both of them have just helped me improve my work so much. And it's been just such a joy to get to read their work. So we have them on for a very special discussion today <laughs> to talk about writing sex scenes and sex on the page and all of that. And we are just thrilled to do this. We have so many fun <laughs> questions. So. <laughs> um, one thing we like to start with when we have authors on is we like to ask kind of what their introduction to story was or what um kind of first led them to to loving story and so today we thought we would take a little spin on that question and ask you both kind of what your introduction to romance novels was or to sex on the page in particular um if you can remember the specific book or just like kind of the general like experience kate you're laughing i think you should go for it <laughs> so this is actually a funny story um, when I was, so I was a very precocious child and I was an avid reader and I was reading above my age level, um, from pretty much like second grade. And, uh, every summer we used to go up to my grandparents' cottage and it was great because there's a lake and you can swim and you can boat. And, but when it rained, it got really boring, yeah. right? Cause you're stuck in a cottage. Sure. Um, and so I ran out of library books one summer. <laughs> And so I went searching through the cottage for books <laughs> and upstairs in the bedroom, tucked away in the back, I found a whole row of my Nana's romance novels. And we're talking like old style, like Irish families and, you know, like rogues and, and, and brigands and all this kind of like bodice ripping. <laughs> I was, I was not even in double digits yet. And I, them, and I was... <laughs> And I was a very sheltered child, so it was an education. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say um, the majority of them were Nora Roberts, and I still think she is a fabulous storyteller. I think oh. she's a wonderful writer. I think her characters are brilliant. I'm glad that she was one of the authors that I found. Nice. <laughs> Do you have a I'm, favorite of hers? The series that I read that summer was about... I can't remember the name of the series, but it was about these I think it was three sisters Irish it was Irish um and it was just it was just so beautiful I don't know nice. plus Ireland I mean yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I can't remember the name of the series though I'd have to I'd have to but yeah <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to say I still have not read any of Nora Roberts I know I know either, but I need to <laughs> it's not on my list she really she really is she's very good I love um, that story <laughs> That's a great story. Mine is a little similar. I was probably in middle school and I was at my aunt's house and my aunt was very young, yes, younger. So she was like the youngest sister. She was my, you know, just the my cool aunt, aunt that I like. Yeah, the cool <laughs> aunt. And I was at her house and she, I came across one of those books and I was like, oh, a book. And I'll just read it. It didn't have like, you know, the racy cover. It 
actually, it might have. I can't even tell you the title. I can't tell you anything about it other than I started reading. And when I got to the sex on the page, I was like, <gasps> I was like, whoa. I, and I was like, I need to hide this. <laughs> I came from a very, you know, conservative family that, you know. But yeah, that was my first experience with it. And then from, and I was voracious reading after that. So yeah. I love that that so much. I was just telling Laura before we started that mine was, I was much older, slow boomer in general. Yes. I was a senior in high school and I had read romance a lot, but it was all like very conservative, very, um, you know, Christian romance. And I had picked up a book from the Christian bookstore thinking it would be the same as everything else I read. It was not. I got to the sex scene and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I should be reading this. So I hit it on the bookshelf. I did have to hit it, like hit it on the bookshelf. And then every time I went past the bookshelf, I was like, I want to know what's, what's going to happen. I want to read that part. <laughs> but I didn't think I was allowed to. There was so much shame wrapped up in that for me. And it really wasn't That's until weird. just probably, probably four years ago that I picked up a book from an author that I followed on Instagram who had self-published and she'd written an urban, um, urban fantasy kind of romance. And I was like all excited about it. And then I got to a sex scene and I was like, you know what? I am almost 40 years old. I can finish this sex scene and read it. And I did. And now I'm like, enough because I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And mine was actually after high school, it was also late bloomer, and it was Helen Fielding's Cause Celeb. I had read um, her, um, you know, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, and then I read, picked up Cause Celeb, and I'm like, ah, what is this? But it was one of those moments that I'm like, I loved, I loved what was done, and it 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 was kind of something that allowed me to give myself the invitation to pick up more I didn't really get into the bodice ripper ones because of the covers they kind of intimidated me for a while but I think even just getting giving ourselves that invitation to enjoy the stories um it's just fascinating to hear how everyone kind of went through that themselves yeah and as we were kind of talking about what questions to ask the invitation to then write them yourselves, kind of how did you give yourself the invitation to do that, then to kind of take that next step of writing them and creating them yourself? Goodness, that is a great <laughs> question. I um, I had a lot of hang up doing it, actually, because of my upbringing um, and feeling like they're, which I think it's just, I, there's so much that I could say about this that just drives me absolutely crazy that we as women censor ourselves yeah. and feel yes. this some this sense of guilt around sex and sexuality when that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's such mm-hmm. this patriarchal cultural boundary that we that is that we've been a part of, right? That we've been yes. raised in. Anyway, so that aside, that's a whole different discussion. Um I had to really uh, give myself permission to experiment with it. And I think I felt so much guilt that I censored myself a ton. So when I wrote Swimming Sideways and there's that tiny little fade to black scene. You do fade to black. Yeah, I I was going to ask. I felt so much guilt putting that. I um, 
felt so much guilt even just writing that scene. And partly because they're in high school, right? So they were younger. I felt that it was important like to, you know, be conscious of who's who's the audience and how old are these characters. But still at the same time, it felt I had to talk myself into writing that scene, knowing that it it needed to be there, but feeling so guilty about it. So when I branched into Macy Aurora, <laughs> I wrote In the Shadow of a Wish, so, which is very tame, and <laughs> which is the, the actual book that's out is much tamer than the first one I wrote. <laughs> um, that was quite a, a permission. I mean, I, I just was like, Cammie, you just need to do this. Do this for yourself. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Cami also, I was going to add this an introduction and I forgot, but Cami also <laughs> writes um, fantasy romance under the name Macy Aurora. And she has her second book um, just came out for that under that name. And it's a series and it's fabulous. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it is a big jump from that first book you wrote in the Fades of Black to that. And I love that you mentioned how the first draft was not as tame as what ended up getting published <laughs> because I, I found that experience too like the first time I wrote a sex scene I was so um inhibited and scared about it but then I just told myself like I'm just gonna put everything on the page and then I'll figure out if it's not right afterwards and so it it was much more much steamier than what ended up getting sent to beta readers and things yeah yeah it's okay what was that experience like for you because I've um, read your your sex scenes I know they're quite steamy <laughs> So I, so after I read those books, you know, um, I mostly got into, uh, I, I discovered fantasy shortly after that. And I was on fantasy for, for years, but I, I read fantasy by people who wrote stuff on the page. They put sex on the page and I thought it was well done. And I have since gone back and read some of them and I still think they're well done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, there was a little bit more of like, it was, I guess, accepted in the genres I was reading yeah. Um, yeah. and I was okay with it. And, but for me to write it, I still had this block in my head, like Cammy was talking about, about how, you know, it's, you know, somehow less than to put that in a book. Yeah. And for so long I resisted it. You know, I, I, I told myself I wasn't gonna, you know, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a romantic subplot, but I'm not gonna write it. It's not gonna be on the page. It's not gonna be, you know, I, I clung to that idea that I was writing contemporary fantasy for so long. And yeah, it was like Cammy said, it was permission. I had to give myself permission to be like, you know what? I don't want to read this book. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to read it. It's not interesting to me. I want to see the progression of this relationship. And that means I want to see the sex. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that I learned that I've tried to do in the scenes that I include, and I'm going to credit Mercedes Lackey with this because she is one of the people that I read everything of hers when I was younger, everything. And she was so good at every scene of that nature that was included mattered for a reason it was there for a reason it wasn't just gratuitous something important happened in that scene something that advanced the character arcs that advanced plot that advanced the relationship between the characters and I'm going to credit her with that because that's something that when I started putting it in my books I was like this is important to me yes and you know erotica and all that stuff it has its place of course it does but that's not what I'm writing right now 
Um, and so that's something that I've tried to hold on to and something I think I learned from her for mm. sure. Yeah, I love that you, you bring that up because I think that's such an important facet for even me as I write too. And that's why a lot of those scenes get, even though they might be more gratuitous when I start out, they get cut because that isn't necessarily propelling the character arc or the growth between this relationship or the story. And so, yeah, I think that that's such a great point is how important that particular scene might be to the narrative. Mm, right. Exactly. And that, how do you decide that? Like, as you're going through, um, how do you decide what's really necessary and what's not? And because I know having read both of your books, like there are sex scenes that are included and then there's sometimes fade back kind of things or things that are implied or, um, and so I'm, I'm curious, like, when do you decide what, which to do or how much to put Well, in? for me, Kate's my editor. So Kate goes, <laughs> Cammie. <laughs> <laughs> Is this necessary, Cammy? <laughs> um, I I had a I listened to a romance author and I wish I could remember her name. I know her first name is Zoe. We're mutuals on TikTok, so but I can't remember her last name. Anyway, she said something that just like resonated so much with me, which was sex scenes, take out the sex and just consider it a scene. And then also think of it as an action scene. So when you're writing these scenes, what is the goal of the scene? And that just really helped me recognize, okay, so is this scene necessary when I when I think about, you know, when you, we talk about cutting our darlings, right? You have to kind of think, how is this scene moving this story from the beginning to the end as the character is growing or not and or the relationship is growing or not? And that was that really helped me. It's kind of like that idea of if you need the characters to kiss for them to be in love, then they're not in love. It's that <laughs> idea like if you need the sex, then, mm. you know, what was <laughs> – if you take away the sex and the scene doesn't have a place, then the scene doesn't have a place. I mean, yeah. unless you're writing erotica. But, you know. um, yeah. yeah, it's that idea of, you know, if, if you remove that part, does the scene still have a point? Yes. And if it doesn't, right. then – you know, and I, you know, you ask Beth, you know, when do you decide that? Um, sometimes it's something I realize before I send it off to betas, but, you know, I can definitely say that in my last reread of um, my manuscript, you know, I got to a scene and I was like, the intimacy doesn't need to be here at all. It's not necessary. It's bogging it down. It's awkward. Mm -hmm. It needs to go. You know, I, the, yeah. there are earlier scenes yeah. that are intimate, that are much, much stronger, that have way more of a point. And, you know, I got to that point and I was like, you know, the distance, I, I, I was like, yeah, this, this scene has the intimacy and this scene has no point. It's yeah. not necessary. I mean, sometimes it's obvious right away. And sometimes it's, sometimes you need the distance to go back and be like, yeah, that was just me. This <laughs> 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 just wishful thinking. <laughs> wishful thinking. I was just going to say that sometimes I'm sure we've all read those books where you you have a scene included, it could be a sex scene, it might not be, but all of a sudden you find yourself slipping out of it and getting mm -hmm. kind of bored or like, yes. wait, I'm, I'm not as invested. And I think that's really kind of being in tune with that, what scenes need to stay and which ones don't. I was wondering, it's kind of connected with this, but a little bit earlier in kind of the stories, how then also do you build up to those scenes? That, because usually they don't open with that type of you know intimacy so how do you how as you look at the different relationships do you kind of work to 
build up to set them up and kind of set up those dynamics to make that scene or those scenes that you have later on kind of play and really pay off what you've established. So going back to the idea of like, if they have to kiss to show you where they're in love and you know, you haven't done your job. So definitely a lot of that. And actually one of the first times I really took a hard look at how relationships play out, play out on the page um, and how to write them was a podcast I listened to from you guys. Aww. You guys actually, yeah, you guys actually went through, oh geez, it was over a year ago. I think it probably was around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You guys went through this whole thing where you, I think it was a psychologist and you broke down like these mm-hmm. different aspects of relationships and and intimacy and, and affection and, and it was a fabulous list and I took notes and um, it was so fascinating to me to really start everything I had done up to that point was just, you know, intuition. Um, and I hadn't really, I I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't really like broken it down. Um, you know, how, how does this play out on page and, and how do you, how do you show this connection between these characters? And I think one of the things that's been really interesting for me, having read, uh, having written a lot of flash pieces too, where I'm exploring, Mm -hmm. you know, these Mm -hmm. connections in such a short amount of time is, um, the personalities, and how that comes up across for the various characters, because, you know, different people display feelings and affection and intimacy in different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think one of the I think one of the things that I, I learned pretty early on was that if it didn't feel authentic to the character, then it doesn't matter how, you know, steamy or romantic or swoon worthy mm-hmm. or anything any of that is. Because if it doesn't fit with the character yeah. and the stories, then, then it does feel right. Yeah. Yeah, I second that. I think a lot of it comes down to character work and character, understanding that character, understanding that characters, why their motivations and what's moving them across the page. Uh, because if it, that doesn't ring true, the reader is going to pick up on that, right? You're going to get mm-hmm. to see that in the review. So this didn't quite hit. So I agree. I really think that it really comes down to character and who that character is and what makes that character tick, right? That's such a good point. I I think I haven't really thought about that all that much. Like, I think when I have approached things, I thought about like building curiosity first and then kind of some attraction and then some like vulnerability and then kind of getting to a sex scene or something. And, and I like that idea of like, what would the progression look like for this character? Um, and really starting with character first, because you're absolutely right that some characters that's going to be slower or faster than others. Some that's going to look more like physical attraction. Others, it's going to look more like, um, an emotional attraction or emotional connection. Yeah, that's really good advice. And and then you build in that their attitudes towards sex, right? Mm-hmm. So right. like ultimately what is their relationship? So like if you look at Griffin from in the Echo of this mm-hmm. Ghost Town, he might have hit on Max had they been in a party, but because of where he was vulnerably, it it was way slower, right? So I mean yeah. it really kind of depends on where they're at, what their history is how they use sex right so those kinds of things will show up on the page as well i love that and your books are such a great example of that because each of the books have such a different like your characters do have very different approaches to sex and i love that i love that you address that head on um in your books and that you really even talk about that on the page um it's really great thank you (laughs) (laughs) so what other advice do you have for writers um 
who are considering writing a sex scene or who are trying to write a sex scene? What has been most helpful for you in approaching that? I actually think it was something you told me, Cammie, <clears throat> way back when I was kind of like first dipping my toes into all this. It was something to the effect of um, whatever you think is going to be shocking is not going to shock anybody. So just put it down. The page. <laughs> it was it was better worded than that. But the idea was that, you know, <laughs> what you're writing is not is not going to be as as um shocking as, as as you think it is right so just, have you yeah. read a monster romance yes so just, so just, oh, and i have now i have now so yes i can i can say with <laughs> certainty that this is true um so this idea of um and i i think you know as like cami was talking about it's it's all tied up in this this like shame culture yeah around sexuality. And I, I didn't necessarily, I actually grew up in a rather liberal household, but, um, we didn't talk about things like that. Mm, um, we talked about a lot of things, but we didn't talk about that. And what I learned, I learned from books or from my friends. <laughs> um, and so I had a lot of unlearning to do. And so when it came time to write things like that, um, even though I had read it and I was okay with reading it, um, I had a lot of you know, personal mental blocks that I had to work through to be able to write things. And actually what helped me was reading, <laughs> was was finding, you know, yes. finding the monster romances and finding yes. the dark mafia romances and finding the, you know, some of the stuff that I, I honestly didn't know I would like and mm -hmm. reading it and being like, I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm more than okay with it. And that's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. That's totally okay. And so that kind of gave me permission. Like if I go back, Cami actually read the original draft of the story I'm working on now, and it was a hot mess. But like, if I go back and I look at how I wrote the scenes then, as compared to the scenes that Beth, you've read, you know, I can see how much I've grown in just my comfort level in yeah. terms of what I'm now able to own and write you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah so absolutely. that that was that was a lot of like personal work on a very personal level for me yeah I love that and and I think when we can own that and be more brave we actually have opportunities to develop the characters so much more because we're not holding back yes. we can really get into this character's psyche and see like what would this look like for them and how can this shift or change or, or be a turning point for their relationship and that's no. absolutely true because I feel like the main male character in the manuscript I'm working on is a very forward person, yes. a very sex positive person. And yes. I could not write him mm -hmm. until I got personally got to the point where I was like, okay, now I feel like I can be his voice because before yes. it wasn't him, I was too scared yeah. and I, I needed to get to that point to be able to write him the way he needs to be. I love that. You can't be scared to write mm -hmm. these kinds of scenes. And you can't be right scared to write in general, because in order to write the truth, you have to be willing to tell it, right? So, yeah. but one of the, I think a piece of advice that I would give someone who wants to write this, write sex scenes is sex scenes are, are your draft is your draft, but they're really created in the rewrite mm -hmm. because you, yes they they tend to be very it's just same with an action scene right it tends to be very stilted there's a lot of repetitive words that you use you're just like trying to get it on the page and so the finessing of a very good sex scene comes in the editing and the revision and the editing 
Absolutely. And I would add that um, for me, as with action scenes, I've always felt like sex scenes are choreography. Yes. It's all yes. about the choreography. It's about, you know, how it's not just about, I mean, if you think about watching, you know, ballroom dancers or something, it's it's about how well they work together or don't work together. And that's entirely possible too, right? You can have a super mm -hmm. awkward sex scene, but it's still about the choreography. Yes. Um, and when you're thinking about, and it's not just the choreography of like the physicality of it, right? It's also the choreography of like we were talking, what, why, why this scene, why now? Why is it important? What's happening? You know, all of that has to work together. And like Cami said, that's, you know, you never get it right the first time. Um, the first no. time it's always going to be rough. It's always going to be awkward. It's always going to be like, wait, can somebody actually physically do that? No, no. Okay. Um, I remember I posted a snippet of my stories one time and one of my CPs immediately messaged me and she's like, sorry to um, burst your bubble, but that's not possible. Like, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. never mind. Let's try that again. <laughs> Um, you know, and so sometimes you just, you just don't, you just don't think about stuff like that. There's so much in your head, right? So yeah, it absolutely comes out in revisions. I love that because actually Bethany and I were talking about that. <laughs> that was one of the things that I'm like, the logistics and the stage direction, because yep. we've all read romances where you're like, where are they doing this? Are they yeah. floating? Like, like, what's happening? <laughs> Like, what, Wait, what? can someone move like that? <laughs> like the thing that always gets me are like the airport bathrooms and stuff like that. And I'm always like, dude, have you been in an airport bathroom? Number one, can you actually move? And number two, would you actually want to? Like really, people, things like that. Yeah, the, the, the believability, <laughs> which again, you know, a lot of times you're you're not thinking about that in a first draft. So yeah, that comes out after. Do you have any advice for thinking through that choreography? Like. Is it just rereading? Is it asking other people kind of what works and what doesn't or what pulls them out of the story or what makes them wonder if that's possible? Um, yeah. How do you go about that kind of editing? So some of it, some of it is, you know, just giving it space and then coming back and thinking through and <laughs> you're going to laugh, but some of it literally is, you know, you know how people like sit and look in the mirror and like, look at the faces they make and stuff. Some of it is literally like imagining <laughs> Hate to yeah. say it, but you know, imagining this playing out and going, yes, yeah. okay, does this actually work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I did a TikTok on that, actually acting it out. <laughs> You're like, yeah, wait, no. wait, how does their hands work? <laughs> yeah, so so some of it is literally, literally trying to figure it out. Um, and yeah, some of it is, you know, you get the feedback and a lot of times what you put down on the page and how you're envisioning it. Um, and, you know, Beth, I know we've talked about this a lot in our group um, mm -hmm. is not how it gets perceived. So yeah. that dif that difference between, you know, what was in your head and then the reader perception. It's that quote about, you know, you have the three drafts, you have the first draft and then you have, um, you know, that you have the the reader perception and and what comes out is is when the two meet in the middle and you have, you know, you have to figure that out and figure out how to how to best approach it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of acting out. Like I will be like, I was writing a scene actually just yesterday, a kiss scene. And I was thinking, could his hands go be like that? And I, had to, <laughs> I put, I had to cross my arms and figure out, does it work? And then, yeah. So it is a lot of kind of visualizing yourself yeah. and moving around and thinking logistically, just, is this going to work? So yeah. Sometimes I think some of that choreography also comes down to the language you use. And 
obviously there's a broad spectrum of language that can be used for these types of scenes in the same way that people can fade to black or have sex on the page. You can have more graphic or less graphic language um, mm -hmm. and be more abstract or more concrete. And, and I think sometimes um, there's a hesitation to go too concrete. And yet also for myself, sometimes as a reader, the ones that are more abstract, it's a lot harder to know where the choreography is <laughs> happening or what's actually <laughs> happening. Um, I'm curious a little bit. I feel like both of you do a good job in your language choice in that it's it, it doesn't pull me out because it's so graphic, if that makes sense. Um, it feels respectful still or not like, I don't know. Um, but it also is clear generally. And and so I'm just wondering, like, how do you make those choices about what types of words to use and how explicit or concrete to go? I was actually doing research on writing action scenes mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily connected to because the new book I'm working on, Imogene Saul's story is more action, less, less romance. There, although there is romance, I can't write something about romance. <laughs> but one of the things that I thought really resonated and I think it holds true for writing sex scenes as well is that sometimes less is more mm -hmm. that you, um, that you could, write an action scene or a sex scene that's like super point by point by point but i don't think that's really what most readers are looking for right they're yeah. looking for like the feeling that that evokes the the joy of that scene right so mm -hmm. sometimes really kind of holding back and allowing the reader to imagine some of that too, right? Rather than just being very explicit in the detail that you use. And I thought that was, in terms of writing action scenes, that was very helpful for me because I'm not, I'm not a, haven't written very many action, action scenes. So it all, I think it translates really well thinking that sex scene is an action scene the same, right? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And when you're thinking about choreography, um, and in terms of it being like choreography as our action scenes, you know, it's, it goes back to that idea of, you know, what, what details do people need so they know what's happening and what can they right. fill in? Mm -hmm. Right. Because, yeah. you know, unless, unless you're specifically writing a genre where people want a play by play, which is not mm -hmm. what either of us is writing right now, um, you know, you're, you're really like, you're really looking to, like Cammy said, just give enough detail so that people can picture it clearly in their heads and then they can fill in the rest of the details. And in terms of like specific language, I think it was a lot of just reading um, for me and figuring out, okay, there are certain words that belong in this genre and there are certain terms that belong with this genre. And there are certain terms that if I'm writing dark romantic fantasy, I am not going to use these terms because that's an automatic like buzzword or whatever I'm not using the right word but you know what I mean that's an automatic sure. like okay that's this genre and that's yeah. gonna feel out of place mm. and so even if in that moment a character might use a specific term I'm not gonna use it because it doesn't feel right for the genre I'm writing mm. so, that's like such a good I, point. so like if I have a character who might talk really dirty um I'm probably going to find another way to have that come across because it's not going to read right for the genre that I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So that's that. part of it too, is that I just, to me, and that, and that, uh, that was, uh, you know, something that I decided just based on reading, mm -hmm. you know, kind of um, different, different divisions of, you know, subgenres of romance and stuff like that, as opposed to like, you know, straight erotica, as opposed to yeah, kind of just, there are certain 
terms and words and stuff that seem to belong to each or yeah. that if you were to find them in like a sweet romance, you'd be like, wait, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't fit. Sure. You know? sure. yeah. So that pulls you out and it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. I, I think we think a lot about the standards for different genres in terms of other types of writing, but um, it's such a good point that it applies to sex scenes too. And that how much or how little you put in and the kind of language you use does have a standard for each different genre. Yeah. That's great. I love that advice. Like, to read and to read yes. widely. I mean, reading erotica is just as equally important to understand that genre and that category, but can also inform, right? How you yes. write and how you, so like reading widely is so important. Absolutely. And that's how, I mean, that's how I became more comfortable with the idea of writing it. And, you know, and it taught me a lot about how to write it. Yes. For sure. We, the, the word sex positive came up um, earlier in the conversation. And I know you both um, write from kind of that mindset. Do you mind if we talk about that a little bit about kind of how you approach it and kind of the, what sure. thought goes into that? Yeah. Um, I, when I was, <laughs> Going back to the very beginning of the conversation when we talked about when we first started reading, mm -hmm. I was coming of age and reading romance novels in the late 80s, early 90s. And romance mm -hmm. is a very different beast, I think, then. And so a That's... lot of what I read um, was either like Laverle Spencer. I don't know if you're familiar with Laverle Spencer, but mm -hmm. it, it's very kind of tame and very sweet. And the sex scenes are... are very um ephemeral <laughs> yes, <laughs> would be the way to say it um it kind of effervesce on the page <laughs> and then kind of fade uh and then there was judith mcnaught who was a little bit more also the sex scenes were also still very like tame and there wasn't a whole lot of graphic description i mean we used words like member that's about as <laughs> graphic as it got and, um, but there was also a very, in the books that I were reading, there was also the alpha male, right? Yeah. The alpha hole. Mm -hmm. And that was absolutely, like, there's a place for that. Like we, we see it in the bully fiction and the dark romance. There is this, still this desire, I think, for this alpha hole. I struggle as I've gotten older <clears throat> and I have been through my own kind of sexual trauma that I've had to deal with. And um, I struggle with putting that kind of content out into the world yeah. because I think there's enough of it. And I think we don't have the enough of the, the converse, right? So when I went through the idea of how do I want to portray sexuality? How do I want to portray this on the page? How do I want to portray characters dealing with it? Because we, we do deal with sexual trauma that is going to be something that occurs and that might be something that shows up in a book. How can I be a part of making sure that this is uplifting and a way for someone to process perhaps what yeah. they're going through mm -hmm. rather than um, feed into maybe something that might be a little bit more negative or... So that was kind of like as a goal, I want my characters to display that mutual respect for one another, mm -hmm. and, but also respect for themselves. 
yeah. and their own bodies, right? Yeah. And having kind of that empowerment and that agency. And so that was, that's really kind of been a goal of what I hope to, con- to portray when I write. And I think you do You're very good at it. Do that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Ah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think even you do a good job, even kind of um, walking that line, Cammie, like, like with Nick's, like, he's a really strong character. Um, you know, he's not, but he's not an alpha hole, like at all. Um, but he is strong. And he does have this kind of, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just you do a good job with that. He might talk dirty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that from him. <laughs> I, I agree. I, um, some of the early books that I read had that very much that like alpha hole type mm-hmm. of character. And, um, I think that's one of the biggest problems that I have with, um, some of like the mafia romances and stuff, mm-hmm. which, um, some of my bookstagram friends are, are really big on those. And I've tried a couple of them and I, I have a hard time with, um, yeah, that yeah. jerk character. <laughs> I, it just does not sit well with me um Same. and i i do really like the dominant part of that personality um that sense of like being able to take control and be you know and the self-assurance and and the mm-hmm. um the confidence and stuff but yeah um the the emotional unavailability the you know the the disregard for for everything else i you know yeah. that that doesn't yes. sit well with me and um you know having dealt with people like that I you know I definitely didn't want any of my characters to come across in that way and so you know I I have a character who is very dominant and very strong and but he's he's not a jerk um and in fact he doesn't even kiss my main character until well he he lets her make the first move because he doesn't Mm -hmm. want her to be uncomfortable and that's Mm -hmm. the kind of person he is like once they get comfortable in their relationship you know, and once they kind of know each other's boundaries and they know each other better, then he starts to become, you know, you see that dominance come out a lot more, but he's not, he's not an asshole about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I, I have a very hard time with that. Yeah. When I come yeah. across yeah. it in, in romance. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually one of the reasons that I have a hard time with some of the very popular authors out there. Yes. Yeah. They write I, like that. And I, especially when you're writing for like YA and stuff, I have a really hard time with that. Yes. Yeah. It is a really dominant trope right now. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I see it way too often, but I think Kate, you do a really good job too with um, like when your male love interest gets a little bit too dominant or a little too uh, aggressive or controlling, he gets called out on it too, you know, like where it's not acceptable and it's still, um, you push back a little bit. And I like that. I think you do a good job walking that line too. So I, it made me think of this book that I read, not Kate's. Kate's is great. This is a book (laughs) I read just recently, very popular, tons of reviews and stars on Amazon, indie author. And it was a, um, a mountain man romance. And it, I would say it's more erotica than probably romance, Mm. but he, the domineering alpha hole that he is steals his love interest's birth control so that she gets oh, pregnant gosh. and oh, can't goodness. leave him. Oh gosh. And in the story, <laughs> no. she nope. accepted yeah. it. She accepted uh, it. Nope. No. That this no. behavior was okay. Right? Yuck. 
No. <laughs> this is yeah. So right. I was like, I re- when I read it, I was like, what am I reading? <laughs> and second of all, why is this popular? Like, yeah. why is this? Why would a, any? Why I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that question that, though. I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. question to ask. Like, why is a particular yes. trope popular, or why is it working for someone? And how can we mm-hmm. um, hit on that? why while still showing something different um yes. i don't know i always wonder that i don't have clear answers for it yet. Yeah. <laughs> a question I keep that's asking. a great point well and i think it i think some of that gets down to i mean the the dominant male thing is huge it's huge yeah and i mean you could fill hours worth as to why that mm-hmm. is yes <laughs> probably its own podcast <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> But I think that it's great that we're interrogating that. It's something good that that even as we read some of those yucky things that, I mean, kind of some things that, that rub us the wrong way, I will, I'll say, rather than making, um, it, at least we're interrogating it and being like, why is this here? And like, like listening right. to ourselves that it's like, um. Well, it did bring up the question for me is, I was like, okay, so people like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but for me as an artist, what is it, what is it in, how does it inform me as, and uh, my craft? Like, yes. what is it that yeah. I want to put out in the world? And what does it mean to be like, I just, it really made me interrogate my own self yeah. about what I want to put out. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it was, it's yeah. really interesting, but I think that's a really good point that we should interrogate and ask the why right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we've talked a lot about kind of um like kind of more generally about um kind of spice and steam but i bethany and i are fable and i in our last conversation we talked about vocabulary and kind of being able to get to this specificity of what it is that we're talking about you know well, the labels door. that we use for romance yeah. novels mm-hmm. absolutely um and we were just wondering if you wanted to talk about kind of your own vocabulary for what your stories have in them like the specificity of what you like to when you describe what you're writing what type of you know categorization or steam level or spice level or any of that if you had like language that you like to use to describe what your type your books and your romance kind of the flavors the feels all of that looks like <laughs> I hope that's not like a crazy question huh I like I guess I'm I'm uh, are we talking about how I would describe my level of spice Yes. Or are yes. you yes. talking about specifically what's in? <laughs> no, like how we, how, like the flavor of it. Like how, how would you, if someone. This is yeah. such a, this is such a good question because I, it comes up all the time because everybody rates their level of spice so differently. Right. So like you could read something that's erotica and be a major erotica reader and one level of erotica is like oh that's not so spicy but then somebody else might read say a court of thorns and roses in that series and be like this is so spicy right, right? so um 
I think that you're absolutely right. This is a great question about how we rate our spice. Personally, I kind of look at it as fade to black would be like not spicy. Probably there might be some spicy things in a fade to black, but uh, um, versus like very explicitly on the page, which means yes. the highest level of spice. I would say I write kind of in the middle because there is some very explicit scenes and very explicit language to describe parts of bodies but also it's a little bit I think reserved there's a little bit more lyrical in terms of kind of how I approach that maybe so I don't know you you've read Mm -hmm. my work you know what you would think maybe I would say C.L. Walter's work is probably more on the tamer side of things. And then Macy Aurora is probably on the spicier side. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. I think it varies a lot depending on the book for you, Cami. Like yeah. some of your your YA stuff, your C.L. Walter stuff. Um, you know, it, I mean, your first one is played to black. Some of the other ones do have sex scenes, but they are a little more. Um, they're not overly long or ex- explicit or, you know, like, yeah, I think lyrical is a good way to put it. Um, and then your your Macy Aurora stuff is more, I would say, right in the middle of what I read or the span of what I read, I guess. Yeah. Kate, do you have any idea on like how you would label yours or what? I was I was thinking about it while Cammy was replying and I I think in my dark romantic fantasy, I tend more towards um hints and and like, you know trying to let the reader infer what's happening um, rather than being more explicit. And again, that kind of goes back to, you know, what genre am I writing and what kind of language fits with that genre, what's appropriate for that. Whereas, you know, I have a contemporary romance that I'm working on and um, that is in terms of the language (laughs) choices, that's Mm -hmm. going to be a lot spicier. Yeah. The little bit I've read. (laughs) It's going to be more explicit. It's going to be more the, the not just in the language that I'm using to describe what's happening, but in the language that the characters themselves are using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there are things in my uh, fantasy that are um, that are steamy and spicy. Um, and there are certainly lines that are, you know, um, but but they're not, they're not, it's not because of the language that's being used. It's because of the context yes, and how, and who's saying it and when it's being said. And right. Um, so I would say for my dark romantic fantasy, yeah, I'm, I'm more towards like Cammy was saying, you know, I'm more towards the, the reserved, the inferred side of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas for the contemporary romance I'm planning, it's going to be definitely more on the page. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we'll wrap up here because we're getting to time, but um, I do want to ask before we go, because we talked <laughs> a lot about reading and how reading can um, inform our writing. If you like, what are some of your favorite romance novels or just maybe ones you've read recently that you really enjoyed or anything like that? Oh, such a good question. you like, <laughs> Ah, there's so many good ones. <laughs> sure, I know it's hard to pick. Maybe just like the last couple you read, even if they're just. Um, I really enjoy Chloe Lee. She's an independent mm-hmm. author. She always does uh, rep very well. She's autistic, so I just finished Two always... Wrongs Make a Right, and it was so good. My favorite read of the year yes, so far. Yes, um, I absolutely love her work, and I think her the way she does spice out. 
Two Wrongs Make a Right is her first traditionally published. Yeah. And if you look at the Bergman Brothers series, it's a little bit spicier. Um, and those were independently published. And that series is great. Love how mm-hmm. she does that. And then um, I really appreciate Tessa Bailey. Um, I think she's really good at writing spice. It tends to be, mm-hmm. it's on the spicier level. And, um, but she does a really good job, I think, of investing us in character which mm-hmm. I think is, is important. Um, for romanticy, I've really enjoyed <laughs> trying to think of some romanticies that I've like been, oh, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Raven Kennedy's Guild series is great, but I have to say Zoe Draven's The Horde King series. It's an, it's the, oh my gosh, she is good. She is so good. <laughs> yes, <same. laughs> All right, sorry, I will stop. No, that's good. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Kimmy, have you read The Deal um, by L. Kennedy? Yes, I think oh, so. Oh, I have it. I have L. Ken- I, I absolutely love that series. Yes, I, I just <laughs> finished it and it reminded me so much of your work. I just kept thinking of, um, especially in the Echo of this Ghost Town and um, a little bit of uh, Messy Truth About Love, too. It's just giving yes. me all those vibes. Love that series. I think it's a great series. The Briar University ones are yes. off campus. It's the off yeah, campus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you have any um that you'd recommend recently or um the one I just finished actually was um a quartet by indie author Laura Thalassa, the horseman. Oh, yes. I know I'm a little bit yes. late to it. But, <laughs> I haven't heard of one. I haven't but it's a read really fun it's a really fun story um i haven't read anything else by her but i liked all of those books um just a really fascinating premise and yeah. i thought the characters were very well done mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to check that one out too yeah. i love this i love getting new books <laughs> yeah the horsemen and the too. covers are absolutely stunning just mm-hmm. saying <laughs> <laughs> i love that I love a good cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, her her guys, her horsemen are all pretty hot. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. This was a delight. I could just talk to you guys all day. Thank so you fun. so much. Thank it you was, so much for having thank us. You for having us. Yeah, yeah. It was such a pleasure. I thank you. <laughs> yeah. So if you're um, if you enjoyed this episode, and even if you didn't, go check out her friend's work. Kate is not published yet, but go follow her Instagram. Um, yes. She has great flash fiction on there and little tidbits of what's to come. And at Cami, you can find at CL Walters and also at Macy Aurora. And she has lots of books published. So go check them out because they are so fun to read. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope you keep reading of all kinds of genres and things and exploring new things that are maybe a little uncomfortable for you and that you keep writing and challenging yourself and being brave. Yeah. Keep putting your voice out in the world. Mm -hmm.